Hi, this is Ron Reich, Miriam's business coach, and you're listening to the Inspiration Place podcast with Miriam Schulman. Today's episode is brought to you by my new quiz, What's Your Art Marketing Personality? To help you determine the best next steps to market and sell your art. Whether you're an emerging artist or you're already a rock star ready to skyrocket your career, I want to help you. To take the quiz, go to shulmanart.com forward slash quiz. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Hey there, this is your host, artist Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode number 79 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I am so thrilled that you're here. Today, we're talking all about the more you lean into your own unique, quirky personality traits, the more art you're going to sell. To join me to discuss this, I've invited my business coach since creating your heroic character is one of his main teaching frameworks. So in this episode, you'll discover why the way you position your art with your heroic character directly impacts the prices you're going to be able to charge for your art, how to tap into your heroic character as an artist, And finally, we're going to chat about the power of masterminding in order to surround yourself with people who lift you up. But before we get there, I wanted to make sure you knew about my quiz because it's perfect for today's topic. Today, we're talking all about your heroic character and the quiz will help you start to unpack your artist's personality. It only takes a few minutes and the results are highly personalized. To take the quiz, head on over to shulmanart.com forward slash quiz. All right, now back to the show. Today's guest is a sought after marketing strategist and consultant, a former lawyer. He's been selling online for over 10 years, and that's in online years. So it's kind of like dog years. Speaking of dogs, he's launched over 50 of his own products, including dog training and another variety of niches. And he later became the secret weapon behind many of the biggest names in the industry, including a few of my favorite guests on this podcast, like Todd Herman and Denise Duffield-Thomas, as well as the coach to other guests who have been on the show. I'll be sure to link up all those episodes in the show notes. But what's most important for you to know is that he is my business coach. His current focus is in helping emerging experts scale from six to seven figures through his proprietary genius profit system. Please welcome to the inspiration place, Ron Reich. Hey, Ron, thanks so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, what most people don't know is I have you to thank for the Artist Incubator, which people absolutely love. You would laugh at this that I wrote this note to myself. Banter about Columbia, his dog, or his haircut. So could you please (laughs) tell everybody about your haircut? (laughs) So I got a haircut today. And actually, my main reason for getting my haircut is because my girlfriend, she actually uh, lives in Colombia. I'm actually going to be heading there later on today. So I wanted to make sure that I look good for her. 
And it just so happens that she, she likes my hair. She likes it long in the back, but she likes it a little bit shorter in the front. And it just so happens that when she was looking at examples of like what she wanted my hair to look like, the best one she came up with a picture of our favorite actor, Bradley Cooper, who I know you are also a big fan of. So when I was at the hairdresser today, I told the hairdresser, this is exactly what I want my hair to look like. She did a very, very good job. So I was very excited when we had our mastermind earlier today that, hey, here you I got my Bradley Cooper. I I actually had to Google Bradley Cooper haircuts to see which (laughs) Bradley Cooper haircut you were trying to emulate. Exactly. Yeah, no, I figured out which one it was, actually. (laughs) I had a lot of fun looking at pictures of Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Today, we are going to talk mostly about the heroic character and why it matters. But before we get into that, you know what I would love if you can go over the hierarchy of why people buy I learned this totally from Ron, by the way. So thank you. Basically, there's different ways you price things. People buy something because they want the thing. So in our case, they want like maybe something to put on the wall. And so they go to Home Goods and they buy a mirror to put on the wall. And if they're just filling a need, that's going to be the lowest price. And then maybe now you can walk us up the ladder of how you can charge a higher price based on the heroic character. Essentially, there's there's kind of three levels of why people buy things. The first level is they want the thing. They have like a problem. Like so, for example, they want to they need something on the wall, so they're buying a painting for the wall. Or they they're hungry, so they'll buy spaghetti, for example. So that's like the thing they want. That's kind of like the first level. And the second thing is they'll buy more for like the for the benefits of what it'll actually do for them. That's kind of the, so that's more than just like scratching the itch. Like, so for example, in the context of spaghetti, if you're trying to sell more expensive spaghetti, they might buy it from a, a five-star restaurant, for example, because that gives them the experience of, you know, obviously it's maybe it's higher quality food, maybe, maybe not, but they, in their head, it's higher quality food, but they're also paying for that experience of, eating spaghetti at like a at a fine dining restaurant for example so they're going to pay more money than that so then the next, and so this might be the same as like okay instead of buying just a painting to fill something on the wall they're buying that painting because they love the way it looks because it really lightens up that side of the room for example but the third level and the most important level is they'll actually buy something because of they'll buy because of who you are if you're the person selling it they're essentially buying the person for example So the person who can sell the most expensive bowl of spaghetti in the world is probably some five-star spaghetti chef in Italy or something that who's known for making the best spaghetti in the world. And because he's famous, people are going to do that. And he might have a restaurant where he's charging, you know, who knows, $500 for a thing of spaghetti. And then this is the exact same thing where with artists, it's the perfect example because there are artists that have, they're selling things for literally millions and millions of dollars. I mean, this is much more your world than I would, but I would imagine that there are probably artists that there might be an artist that sold a painting for a million dollars last night where many people that there's probably analogous paintings that are probably just as quote unquote good in the eyes of many people. But because this person basically has, he's done a good job of promoting himself, he or she has done a good job of promoting himself, building a certain amount of celebrity. He's able to make a million dollars for a painting when Obviously, there's a lot of really talented artists that can't sell any painting, for example. So like Picasso, but also like contemporary artist Ashley Longshore is a perfect example. And she's been on the podcast. She's built basically a celebrity status for herself. So that's Mm -hmm. how she's able to command such high prices for her art. 
my number one virtual mentor, Dan Kennedy, who maybe you've talked about on this podcast before. What he says is that as you move up the pricing ladder, they buy not so much for what you do or what you offer, but for who you are. It's basically the exact same thing. They buy because of that celebrity. Okay, so now that we've established that you kind of need celebrity, I haven't talked about Dan Kennedy on this podcast, but maybe I should. But what I have talked about on this podcast is that when people buy art, it's because they have a strong connection with the art or with the artist. And a lot of times it's actually to command the highest prices, it's with the artist. So now that we've established why heroic character is so important, first of all, let's define what you mean by heroic character. I like to really use kind of the superhero analogy. That's a thing that people really, really understand a lot. But really, the real opportunity these days for making a lot of money as an artist or in any of your field, or in any field for that matter, is to be what I call a micro-celebrity in the eyes of kind of a, a targeted bunch of your ideal clients, essentially. You know, none of us can be Picasso or Kim Kardashian, who's this mega celebrity to the world, but to be a celebrity to a few thousand people, 10,000 people, that's something that really anyone can do. The idea here is you want to be able to position yourself really as a larger-than-life character, as a quote-unquote superhero, in the eyes of your target audience, when you're able to do that, essentially everything in your business just goes a lot better. This is when you're able to get charged higher prices. This is when you're able to get better opportunities. You're going to be invited to show your art in more places. There are people who used to not pick up your calls that are going to start picking up your calls, for example. That's really why this is important. And yeah, and we'll walk through it a specific framework that I have for really kind of really step-by-step how you can essentially create your own heroic character persona so you can become a micro-celebrity in the eyes of your audience. The thing that you're talking about when you're saying superhero, I don't want people to misunderstand. It doesn't mean that you're inflating anything. It's really more about leaning in to your own quirkiness and Uh kind of blowing that up larger than life. Best way to think about this is actually when I was younger, I used to be a big fan of professional wrestling WWF, you know, Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage. Have you ever watched wrestling before? Okay, I'm kind of curious. Is this- Not that kind of wrestling. So my son was on the high school wrestling team, college wrestling, but that's very different. So you're familiar with prof- like the idea. I, I, get the, I get it, yeah. When uh, professional wrestlers are learning how to become professional wrestlers, because, you know, they all, have, they all have their gimmicks, they all have their personalities. So what they say is, in wrestling school, they say, take your existing personality and multiply it by 10. And that's essentially the shortcut to creating your persona. So it's really the exact same thing when it comes to what we're talking about right here. Exactly. It's not about being someone you're not, but it really is amplifying. So it's amplifying more or less everything. This is one thing I I want to make sure we get across. It's not just amplifying your best qualities. It's really amplifying all your qualities. The more you are a three-dimensional character in the eyes of your audience, the more they're going to be connected with you, you know, the more powerful you're going to be. With superheroes, if you think about Superman and Batman, the truth of the matter is that Batman is a much more popular superhero than Superman. And the reason why that is, is because Batman is way more interesting than Superman. 
you know, he's like a human being. His, you know, his parents died. He's he has all these flaws and things like I that. I never thought about it that way before, but yeah, you're right. He is more perfect. interesting. Yeah, where Superman is basically perfect. He was modeled after Jesus, like literally. He's basically a flawless human being. So he's harder to relate to, for example. Mainstream examples, I'm it's almost just self-evident, but like kind of the most famous celebrities, the reason why we like them is because they have flaws and things like that, because they have problems. I read Us Weekly every week. I'm a subscriber. This is why, you know, we like reading about their divorces. Right. Or watching The Real Housewives. Exactly. Because I like to watch pretty New York women have problems. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But if they were just showing me their prettiness and them having fun, it would be so boring. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But one of my favorite examples of, of a celebrity, usually smashy, Kylie Jenner, right? She's the youngest female billionaire, like ever, essentially. The thing about her is that one of the reasons why she's like really well known, she talks about her problems. She's like, a, she's, she's a young single mother, right? That is like way more interesting than if you just compare her to her other, to her sister, Kim, right? Kim is a little bit more of a kind of goddess type figure, for mm. example. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so that's why, again, it's all about being a multidimensional character, not just being, oh, I'm awesome, I'm awesome, I'm awesome. Let's talk about your heroic character traits. Okay, so with me, so kind of my, my less than awesome categories. So things I've talked about in the past are, so my vulnerability that I talk about is how when I was, I was held back from the second grade, and that was very traumatic for me. I didn't when actually I was, know that. Yeah, I missed out on that story. <laughs> Yeah. So that was, you know, that was when I was, I think, five years old. And that was really, really traumatic for me. And so pretty much for my entire life, as a result of that, I really felt like something was wrong with me, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't, that I wasn't smart. That's how I became kind of really ambitious. That's why I decided to go to law school and become a lawyer, because I thought that would be proof, you know, that checked the box that, that I was a smart person. Things are better now, as you know. But in the past, I, I talked a lot about my struggle to find love, for example. Like this has been an ongoing, ongoing struggle with me for quite a while, where I was kind of like, you know, things are really good on my business front, for example, but things are really good when it comes to like my health and my fitness and things like that. Even like my family, my other, my friends were like, everything was good. But that was like the one thing in my life that was missing. So that was the thing that I would kind of talk about. And it definitely made the people that pay attention to me. So more it makes people relate to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. When I first started getting online with the online art classes, I would look at other people who were doing well and I thought, oh, I'm nothing like them. And Mm -hmm. I would try to water myself down and not show those things. And that's like actually the reverse of what you're talking about. And when I started to do better, it was when I leaned into, so yeah, I'm not from the Midwest. Good. I'm the New York artist. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm Jewish and I have this New York accent. And so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of funny. And I talk about, like you said, my struggles. So like that I lost a father when I was very young, that how I didn't have a lot of money growing up. And then all the things that kind of lead me to being an artist, people want to know your your dark side and your dark Mm -hmm. stories, your, your messy side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all about them getting connected to you. Like, again, that's really what it's about. Because the thing, the truth of the matter is, is that there's a lot of people selling out art there. Anyone who's looking to buy art has a lot of options. You know, of course, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And at the same time, there's a lot of artists out there. Like, if you were an artist listening to this, there are definitely more artists who are more skilled than you, that have more technical skills than you have. There are definitely artists, 100%, that in the eyes of other people, are more creative than you, that they're better at your genre than you. Thus, really, the only way to stand out, your only actual real life competitive advantage 
is the fact that you are you and you can get people connected to you specifically versus the thousands of other artists who are not you that don't know the things we're talking about right now. Do you have a way to help people uncover what their heroic character traits are? Funny you should ask that. I, oh, good. I, I, okay. <laughs> it's essentially a formula that I can kind of look at. It'll be good. To, we can actually talk about the two of us as examples. That'll be kind of fun as we kind of go back and forth on this. So thing number one is what I call your defining characteristics. That is when you really want to think about yourself. The way I think about this is if you were like a caricature, if you were to have a cape, if there's imagine that there's like your audience, you know, they're all in, in a room and you were going to fly on them with your cape as super Miriam or super Ron. How do you want them to view you? In my case, the character that I like to play to the world which is, of course, based on truth, is I'm like this quirky marketing genius. That's like my thing. It's like I'm this, it's like not only, so there's two parts of it. There's the quirky side of it and there's the marketing genius side of it. So there's this fact that, you know, I talk about marketing type stuff. I give people million dollar ideas just like, you know, off the cuff, for example. But I'm also like this conversation is, fortunately, I don't have to like try, I don't have to act to do this. I am kind of like awkward and things like that. Like I'm not a professional speaker. So that's kind of like the quirky side of me. I have a weird kind of way about explaining things sometimes. So that kind of comes across. So like in your case, you kind of mentioned, like your defining characteristics are a lot of it is you know, what I would say, but how would you define what your defining characteristics are? My New York humor, first of all, I lean very heavily into that. I'm like, love making people laugh. It's really the way I show up in the world. I'm very practical and grounded, and yet I have this other spiritual side. So yeah, yeah. it mm-hmm. comes across in everything I do. So it's, as people are wondering, why does this even matter and how does it show up? It's not just about you have the self-knowledge about it, but this is going to show up in like the way you write your about page and every story you tell on Instagram and all of these things ends up being opportunities where you're going to be expressing your true you. When we say times 10, it's never that you're lying or exaggerating it. It's just you're really opening up to it. Would you agree with that, Ron? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I like to think of it as like a statement, right? So I'm like the quirky marketing genius, right? So you're essentially kind of like the... The brainy artist. Yeah, like the, I made that up just now, but it's probably but like, correct. But it's, like the, but it's like the New York thing too, like the yeah. brainy, the brainy New York artist. Yes. For yeah. Then within that, you do have your kind of sub things, which where you have the spiritual side as well, and we'll kind of talk about some of those. Yeah, and so, then I don't hide the fact that I'm 51. You know, I don't hide the fact that I'm a mom. I keep everything out there because yeah, yeah. it's all opportunities to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. So the way the, the way you actually do this is kind of the steps are. You want to come up with, with your kind of defining statement. You know, I'm the quirky marketing genius. You're the brand new New York artist. That's kind of the step one. Then step two is you want to think about what are the five things that you want people to know about you. Like if you were going to be on a 30-minute podcast or if you were going to do a 30-minute presentation or in front of a group of people that might want to buy your art, what are the five things that you definitely want people people to know about you? So the way you put that is perfect because actually I was on a podcast this morning, our, our mutual friend, Tracy Matthews. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to know like my quick story. Well, people really don't like to listen to podcasts when you go on for like, 10 minutes about your story. So like in three sentences, I tell people, oh, I was in corporate, but when 9-11 happened, that's when I decided I would become an artist. So that whole thing is really what I want people to know about me in like two seconds. They kind of get really a big picture of who I am and what I'm about and why. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And this is kind of for anything. I mean, really, and this is just the thing that works is that once you figure these things out, as we're talking about here, is anytime you're showing up in like the ways you show up, whether it's being interviewed or if you have your own podcast or if you do things on social media, you have your own blog, think about yourself, not to get political, but think about as a politician who is always on message. The idea that you kind of have your five things, as well as a few of the other things that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in this podcast. But the idea is that if you look at any good politician, they have their message. They have their five to seven to 10 talking points. If they're really good at what they do, they always bring it back to the thing that they want to talk about it, which, yeah, it's frustrating as like viewers a lot of times if we like want the politician to say something. But in real life, it's self-evident. This is the thing that works. The reason why said politician is running for president or why that guy is is becoming a governor or whatnot is because he has the discipline to stick to his talking points, for example. Yeah. And then also the point of view, not afraid of being slightly polarizing, like not everyone's going to like my New York accent, right? But the thing is, is you want people to love you or hate you because there's no money in the middle. Exactly true. Yeah. The the classic statement that you're, you're going to attract to the degree you're willing to repel. That is completely correct. Absolutely. And this isn't, even for myself, this isn't exactly easy. I actually, personally, there's a couple of things where I get on my soapbox about, but when it comes, really when it comes to marketing type things that I don't like about the industry or whatnot. But yeah, even myself, when it comes to like politics, I don't actually take sides on that. That's something that I don't talk about publicly because there's a lot of my audience on both sides. Yeah. And I just feel that art is a place where they can be connected and I don't want to create a disconnection over political views. So yeah, they can sure. disconnect from me for a different reason. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, 100%. I do know that there are people who are in the same industry that I'm in, you know, helping online marketers uh, grow their businesses who do talk about politics yeah. and artists as well. Help, that actually does help them. Yeah. And it's very obvious. Yeah. So there's there's power to that for sure. The reason I don't, though, is I'm always preaching that I want my artist communities to be a places of refuge from that. Yeah, that so awesome. then it wouldn't make sense for me to to broadcast my own viewpoint and then expect my audience not to. So yeah, for sure. That's part of your overall character as well, like your values. Like you believe that art is this inclusive thing, for example. That's, that's right. Been- that's, That's true, thing. right? That art brings us together. It's kind of that Brene Brown feeling that like there's things that connect us and art is definitely one of them. So whether you are connected to somebody else because you are an art collector and the art makes you feel connected to the greater world or you are an art student and you feel connected to other people who are also learning to paint. So right, both right. art is a huge connector, just like music is and a lot, yeah. a lot of other art forms. Okay, yeah, yeah. is there anything you want to add about heroic character? I know there's there's so much to cover. We're not wrapping up yet, but I do want to mention that Ron has a whole free Facebook group around this topic called... Yeah, it's Heroic Profits for Mission-Driven Entrepreneurs. Yes. And artists, you are an entrepreneur. So this is for you. Yeah. So just yeah, search for that on Facebook and just, and just request access. Yeah, and we'll get you into the group. And then you'll see his Bradley Cooper haircut plus other haircuts. <laughs> yeah. Ron does a lot of free training inside that Facebook group. So if you're interested in this topic, you will definitely yeah. get a lot out of that. I did a five-day challenge, which was called the Five-Day Epic Launch Challenge, which really is a five-part video series that really goes into really granular detail about all these thing, things that we're talking about. So if you just go into the group and search for the word Epic Launch Challenge, like you put it in quotes, 
you'll be able to get access to that. Okay. And then even if you don't join the group, whether you do or not, what I want to challenge people to do is based on what we talked about today, thinking about your own heroic characters. Do you have a hashtag, Ron? Because I was going to suggest one if you don't. I actually do not. Okay. So here's what I want you to do, my friends. Ron is not on, you're not on Instagram, are you? No. No. Okay. But you can tag me at Shulman Art with the hashtag heroic character. I would love to hear what your heroic character traits are and I will share those on to my IG stories. So that is your marching orders. The other important things to map out, there are your quirks. We mentioned that a little bit. So really, this is like, those are the things, again, that make you more of a, mul- a multi-dimensional person. So what I would consider, what are like one or two things about you that have nothing to do with your expertise or you being an artist, but just are interesting that people are going to relate to? So kind of quick, kind of shortcuts, kind of hacks for this are things like some anything you're obsessed with. For example, like if there's like a food you're obsessed with, for example, or if there's like a, yeah, like a TV show you're obsessed with, like you mentioned, The Real Housewives, that's a kind of, that's something. For example, pets are really really good. Like I have my dog Trevor. Hobbies are really good. If you have a certain hobby that you're kind of known for, basically think about those kind of things. What I would encourage you to do is have like one or two of them as your kind of like your main quirks that you kind of want people to know about you. So like example. recurring themes. Exactly. Yeah. So like in my case, I'm known for like my dog. I have a lot of pictures of me and my dog. I'm also really into like a hobby. I do like fitness and I do a lot of half marathons, kind of into that kind of stuff. And on the opposite, which is also kind of interesting, I'm also really into Nutella. So I'm like obsessed with Nutella. I'm addicted to Nutella. So those are kind of like the three kind of main things that I'll kind of... It's a good thing you're addicted to fitness too. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, we got a little bit of a juxtaposition there, which which is, you know, all those things are good. That's more interesting. It's cool. It's more interesting that I'm a fitness dude who's into Nutella versus a Bowser. Yes, it is. We know what your kryptonite is. It's <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so those are quirks. The other thing I would encourage you, we chatted about this a little bit a second ago when you're talking about our bringing people together, are what are your values? So really what we were talking about there is like, that's what you stand for. And of course, what you stand against. So of course, you know, thinking back to superheroes, right? Superman, he stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Myself personally, I'm my kind of top three values are excellence, connection, and autonomy. You know, I'm all about kind of getting better and better every day. And it's not just about getting better, it's also about connecting with other people. And those things are really important to me. And then autonomy. I have a little bit of that, that rebel side of me, kind of marching to the beat of my own drum, for example. So I attract people like yourself that align with similar values. And so I would encourage anyone listening to this. Kind of map out what are your three to five. There's two things, two parts. So you want to map out your three to five kind of core values that you're going to be showing off to the world. But you're going to get better results if you make sure that your values are things that you're that basically align with your target audience. That those are things that they already, ideally, they essentially agree with and have very similar values. I would say as long as you pick values that are very authentic to you, you will attract the audience that shares those values. Don't For you sure. agree yeah. with that? I do. For me, like I didn't set out to say, okay, I'm going to talk about my woo side because I see that a lot of my audience is woo or whatever. But because I, I talk about it, I attract those people because they're interested in what I have to say. Yes, that is correct. And at the same time, when you're talking about your values publicly, there are certain values that are just that help you build your brand 
if you talk about them more than other brands. Do you mean like because of what your niche is or? Sometimes people will, they'll give me their extras of what their values are. They'll give me five. And then it's like two to three of them are like, oh, that's not really helping very much. Oh, okay. Like it's not useful. Yeah. We both said, or at least I did, that I felt that my political views are not useful as a character trait because I do not want to... Let's say, for example, you actually were really passionate about a certain political issue and that really aligned with your values. Yeah. And that was really legitimately one of your top three things that you believe most in the world. Yeah. In this context, I would say, yeah, don't talk about that. Because we, as we discussed, we don't think that's really the best thing for you to talk about publicly. Whereas the other one you mentioned, what we talked about, chatted about here, you, you believe that art brings people together, right? Right. That's something you really believe in. And when you talk about that publicly, your ideal clients, they're going to they're gonna nod their heads. They're going to be, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, it does. And the example I gave was actually an extreme example because it wasn't just that the value wasn't useful, but I felt like sharing it would repel my ideal customer just because I'm about bringing people together, not about debate. You know, these are front of the house value. So if you have a value that you really believe in, but you actually think it's either not going to be helpful for you, or you think it's going to repel your ideal audience, even if you really, really believe in it, then I would encourage you not to. I'm Jewish. I don't hide that I'm Jewish, but it's not really something I talk about a lot because it just it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like that would, I think, would be a good example of something that just like it's, yes, it's very important to me, but not really in terms of only because I'm not creating Judaic art. Now, if I was creating Judaic art, that would be a whole different story. Totally. So we are getting towards the end, Ron. So I wanted to make sure, and I know you have so much to share. I'm so glad that you jumped in there, but that's why I want people to go check you out. So we're going to chat really fast about masterminds. I am in Ron's mastermind, which I love because I am surrounded by other brown hair women. <laughs> <laughs> who have the same values as I do. It's awesome. <laughs> All the people he attracts are just like me. I like look around the room. Um, so I really wanted to talk about what do you, what would you say is the number one reason why somebody should join a mastermind? The main reasons why people want to join masterminds are for anyone who wants to really get to that next level. Oftentimes you do need really kind of specific insights and coaching really specific to your specific situation. Like it's a pretty competitive environment out there. And there really is no one size fits all solution that's going to really get you to where you want to go if you have really, really big goals. So really mastermind type groups. And when you're in like a small environment with, with not a lot of people where you can get more individual attention, that's really one of the best ways to really get that customized feedback and training that you need to really get to the next level. So that's one reason. The second reason is there is just something magical about being with a group of peers that are either like at your level or at a level above. There is just like an energetic aspect to it. Like when you're in this environment, it causes you to not only does it cause you to stretch yourself, but also oftentimes you see people who are doing really, really awesome who are in these groups. And then you realize that they're just, they're like normal people just like you. They don't have superpowers. They don't walk on water. And that gives you that confidence to really really go out and do it. I see that both in the group I'm in with you, but I see it also in my own group, the Artist Incubator, how artists, maybe they're afraid to try something. And like you said, when somebody else hosts an open studio and then makes a couple thousand dollars, they're like, wait, I can do it too. So it just helps you see what's possible because a lot of times you don't feel it's possible because you don't have examples of it in your day-to-day -day life. You think that's for other people. 
that's the power really of surrounding yourself in addition to like world-class coaching. Then I just want to share the difference between ours because there's going to be people who are listening who are maybe not a fit for my artist incubator because I help artists who their goal is to make between 50 to $100,000. Ron is about helping people who have already passed that. Wouldn't you say that, Ron? Like, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, yeah, helping starting things from scratch isn't really my superpower. So I'm really good at taking something that's working and really getting that to the next level. Yes, yeah, so that's why I like it that I've already kind of made their first two, three hundred thousand dollars and really help them grow from there. I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody listening who fits that category because I am aware of the people who listen to the podcast. There are people who have studio online businesses and things like that. So if you're listening and you want to hang out with me and Ron, you can apply to the A player. There you go. So like I said, you can check out Ron at ronrake.com. On his website, you'll see how you can apply, whether it's one-on-one or join us in the A-players or go to Columbia this summer. You can do all that, find out about that, or check out his free Facebook group, Heroic Profits for Mission-Driven Entrepreneurs. And don't forget, you can get some insight into your unique artist personality using the quiz I developed over at shulmanart.com forward slash quiz. It is based on my experience with working with artists at all levels. So when you're done with the quiz, you'll actually get personalized action steps to help you move your art career forward. All right, Ron, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? If you're listening to this and you're thinking like, when XYZ happens, then I'm going to be able to really put myself out there. I'm really going to be able to go for it. The truth of the matter is, is that there is no magical permission fairy that's going to give you the permission to go out and do it. And the faster you realize that, that really it is up to you, that you already have everything you need, that the person who is five steps ahead of where you want to be isn't really any, is no better than you, is no smarter than you, isn't a better artist than you. Really, the faster you can get that and just be willing to put yourself out there and make mistakes and be vulnerable, et cetera, et cetera, the faster things are really going to thrive for you. I love that. Thank you so much for bringing it today, Ron. We're going to make sure that we also post your handsome face in the show notes too, so people can check out that haircut for themselves. All right. Appreciate that. All right, guys. Thanks so much for being with me here today. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Make it a great one. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com. 